Okay, welcome to Green Rewind. This is Marty Shupak, and uh, we're happy to be here after like about a five, six, or even a seven-year hiatus. We used to do these podcasts. We loved doing them. They were very popular. We're back again after um, a number of programs have made it easier, and we're recording from the um, great studios in Valley Cottage, New York, 30 miles north of New York City, about 15 miles north of MetLife. And we also have um, Ray Clifford, who I met up at Cortland. Ray, how you doing? Great. Looking forward to uh, something along the lines of live sports again here one of these days. Yeah. How did I drag you away from the Brady Manning golf tournament? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that came in second to the – Marble races on ESPN. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Ray, as always in the NFL, there's no off season. A lot's happening. The Jets just signed Joe Flacco this week. I think it's a good signing. The reason being with the backup quarterbacks they have, they drafted this rookie, Captain Morgan. Um, then they had uh, fails. They have one more player, White, who actually they picked up, I think, last year from Dallas. But in essence, they really don't have a true backup quarterback. So this was a, I thought was a good move. We can't go through another season with a guy like Luke Falk coming in off the bench. I, I don't think they had uh, many options, but I didn't, uh, I didn't like our backup, our backup situation until this. I mean, it's, it's not a perfect one. I don't think Joe Flacco's going to carry the team very far, but if they had to, bring him in for a game or two, he might actually be able to win a game. Whereas I don't think we've won a game without Sanchez or Sanchez <laughs> tells you how long it's been without uh, right. Arnold starting. I don't think they've won a game where he's been out. Yeah. And if history means anything, you know, he, uh, he's missed, I think, what is it? Uh, three games each of the last two years, his first two years. And I believe the, the jet record when he's not in is 0 and 6. So yeah. I, I just, you know, with history being, you, you're going to expect him to miss a game or two. You know, I hope he doesn't miss anything, but we'll have to see. The thing with the Flacco Ray is, is that um, he just had, like, I think either neck or back surgery. And yeah. He just got a green light to throw, but he can't, uh, he's not green lighted for a contact. So what do you think that means as far as they're going to have to carry another body, I think, besides Captain Morgan? Yeah, I mean, they aren't going to know until he can get out there on the field if he's going to hold up at all. I mean, even practices can tell a lot. But uh, he's in a – you know, Manning went through it. It's it's not a fast recovery, but that doesn't mean he can't – I mean, I think the key is can they protect him because even if – even if he's healthy, he's not a he's not a mobile guy like Darnold. He's he's more or less a statue back there, for the most part. He can run a little bit, but he's not going to take off very often. He, they they've got to they've got to be able to protect him and and uh, keep him upright uh, if he's going to be effective. He kind of got the reputation as one of those quarterbacks who's a game manager, and that going to the Super Bowl, it was mostly the defense. He did get MVP in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, but, Ray, isn't it – I mean, how many winning teams 
um, the MVP is not the quarterback. It usually is. Uh, do you have recollections when he he took that team to the Super Bowl? Yeah, that was kind of a funny year because that's the year that uh, <clears throat> he didn't sign during the season, an extension during the season. He he chose to wait till after the season, and it turned out to be basically he hit the lottery because uh, thanks to a safety in Denver who uh, doesn't know how to play uh, prevent defense, they gave up a late touchdown to to him and the Ravens in that game. They won it in overtime. They went on to win the Super Bowl. But by doing that, he ended up with a huge contract, which, you know, I like Joe Flacco for the most part. He's, 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 I wouldn't call him a game manager because he's got a big arm and he can, he can make things happen, but he's not, he's not an elite quarterback, but he got paid like one because of that Super Bowl run. So let me ask you this Um, on um, August 25th, how many quarterbacks do they have on the roster? And who who are the who's the who's the third and fourth quarterback? Well, unless they're comfortable with uh, Flacco going forward, which I don't know they will be by August, they're going to have four on the on the on right. the I would guess. So David Fails, you think would be the Fails will still be there because he knows his system. That's the one thing Fails has going for him. But right. um, yeah, I think you're right. I think he'll be the. Um, I think he'll be the quarterback um, in waiting, so to speak. Um, Ray, I just want to get to this Logan Ryan defensive back situation, which has been dragging on, it seems like forever. Manish Mehta came out with a report that that his contact said that, I don't know the way they put it, like Logan Ryan is a very good chance he ends up being a Jet. And meanwhile, I don't know if that was seven days ago, 10 days ago. I know Manish Mehta has gotten a lot of abuse from fans on Twitter because of that. But meanwhile, Logan Ryan is still out there. And I want to know your feelings because my feelings is this, that since this thing happened with the Giants defensive back, DeAndre Baker, if I'm his agent, I say, hold on, don't sign that quickly. And let's see, you know, what happens when the dust settles with the Giants because you might get a better offer. Oh, I think that's definitely what he's waiting on. I think the Jets aren't offering the, the $10 million a year that he really wants. Um, I don't blame Manish Mehta. He's going by uh, sources, but, you know, that doesn't mean things can't change. And the Giant situation might be exactly why he hasn't signed yet. But uh, if I'm the Jets, I'm not, I'm not coming off – whatever they've offered him. I, I don't I don't know that he's that good that he's going to change this defense. And uh, I'm wondering who they'll have to uh, – who they'll have to let go of to, to uh, sign him if they, if they end up giving him more. That's a great point because they're like – I mean, they got so many defensive backs on that roster right now. It's, it's mind-boggling though too. The one thing about Logan Ryan that I've heard is that he is very diverse with the position he plays. And last year, I think he had either four, four and a half sacks. And the year before, he had four sacks. He's still only 29. There was a, a report out also um, the beginning of last week that Miami might be interested 
I don't think he that makes sense just because Miami, with their third number one pick, they drafted that defensive back from Auburn, whose name is almost impossible to pronounce. It's Noah Igabeni or something like that. So that's going to be um, – I, I don't think Miami's in the picture. The thing I'll say about Logan Ryan, he's he went to Rutgers. He's from Berlin, New Jersey. I would say he's a local guy, but if you look on a map, Berlin, New Jersey is a ton closer to um, to Philadelphia than it is to uh, MetLife Stadium. So with that said, I, I'd say the chances – I'm going to give Manish Mehta the benefit of the doubt are better than – 50%, I'd say it's 60% that he signs with the Jets. And, of course, it's going to be a one-year contract. I wouldn't make it a one-year one. If they do uh, put anything more on it, I'd make it incentive-laden. I don't. I, I think he still has to show he's he's as good as advertised. I, I, I'm not saying he has been impressive, but I don't think he's been somebody who I've thought, well, man, that's, that guy can change this team. Uh, the other thing I'd say in defense of Manish Mehta, he didn't say he's signing with the Jets. He said it's likely. So if people are mad, these guys change their minds all the time. Hell, the Jets had had uh, Antoine Winfield in their office and let him go back to his hotel while they finalized the paperwork. And Minnesota called him at 12 or 1 in the morning and offered him an extra hundred grand, and he got in a plane and left without even letting the Jets know. So nothing's – Nothing's guaranteed. He's likely to sign with them, but you know, that, puts his name on that line. He's not a Jet. Yeah, not even a, a situation like you, you brought up uh, the the Viking. What about Anthony Barr last year? Is that his name, the linebacker who? Yeah, that changed his mind after he, signing. <laughs> he took less money, so that that doesn't say a lot for the Jets. Anyway, Ray, my last article on Green Rewind. I went through a number of players that, um, and I called it in and out, if we think they'll be on the roster during the season. Now, already this has changed. Quincy Inunua, who who can't seem to stay in the field for anything, uh, it was disclosed like about 10 days ago that he's out for the season. So we don't, don't even have to discuss him. As it turns out, though, that contract that he signed is just looking more and more horrible. And I, do you think he's ever going to play again? No, I, I, I don't get the feeling that I would, you know, I don't want to see him play again because I'm afraid you'll end up seeing him, you know, laying on the turf without being able to move. I don't want to, you know, two neck injuries are enough. I don't know why he even wants to play other than he knows by holding out, he's entitled to more money, but they can do a, uh, they can do an injury settlement with him, and if if I'm him and I'm I'm the Jets, that's what I'm I'm looking at. I, I can't imagine him ever being on the field again, and I can't imagine the doctors telling him that he's okay to be on the field again. Right. Okay. Now I'm going to go through a few guys. Uh, Vincent Smith, the wide receiver, and you spell his name interestingly: V Y N C I N T. I think last year he had about 17 receptions. Um, he was taken off, I believe, the Houston taxi squad. Yeah, last he had 70 receptions for 225 yards, no touchdowns. He's considered a speedster, but as I wrote in the article, I think to me he's like the slowest burner I ever saw in my life. Do you think he's on the squad once the season starts? 
Uh, I'd probably say no, but I mean, we, we've got a lot of receivers, but I'm not sure who's going to earn their spot. You know, if they, I don't know how training camp's actually going to work or the preseason. So um, I would say no, but I, I won't be surprised if he stays and somebody else goes. I, I don't think it's a, I think he's a bubble guy who could go either way. Okay. How about the Jonathan Harrison, the sometimes starting center who I've always liked. And for whatever reason, they're trying to do everything they could, whatever, whatever regime is in there, trying to get him out of the starting lineup. But I thought last year when he came in for Ryan Khalil, that he did a very, very good job and that, you know, the line was not good, but it was better. So I, I think he, he stays. It just adds depth. I, I'd keep him. Yeah. I, I think he, uh, well, first of all, he's knows the system, which helps, but he's been a reliable backup. He hasn't, you know, let's face it. Ryan Khalil didn't work out. You know, he, he was not, he was not very good last year and I can't imagine anybody else they would get to back up being better than than Harrison has been uh, in his time there. He's, he's always been solid. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been, you know, terrible. He, he can hold the hold the fort. Right. What about uh, the guy I like, the wide receiver who returns punts, Braxton Berrios? You think he's on the team? Um, now, keep in mind that the guy they drafted in the third round – What's his name? Ash, is it Ashton Smith? Davis. Ashton Davis, I think. Davis, Ashton Davis. Supposedly, he, he's a very good punt returner. And I heard on a different podcast this week that um, the guy that covers the, the, their college team said that he was so good, but then he became such a good player on the field. They took him off returning punts. They didn't want him to get hurt. With that said, though, do you think uh, Braxton Barrios is on the team? I think... I hope so because I, I have that same attitude towards it. I don't want to see Ashton Davis returning punts because I think he could be really special on the field from everything I'm reading about him. And I was really – I was completely in the dark about this guy when they drafted him. I, I didn't I, I didn't know anything about him. So, at first I thought that was a bit of a stretch pick. Now, it, you know, the more I read about him and the more I – I see about him and, and hear people talk about him. He might be really somebody – I don't think we want to chance him getting hurt returning a punt when we have Barrios. Right. You know what's interesting about him? They were talking on this podcast. The um, the guest was on who covers um, – he went to California, right? Mm-hmm. I believe he, he covered their football team. And he told a story how uh, Davis – was offered a full scholarship for track and he turned it down. Oh, he was offered a full scholarship for track on the condition that he doesn't play football. So he turned it down and his parents ended up having, having to get a, a loan just to put him through college. And he ended up doing both playing football and running track, and he apparently he did great in the high hurdles. He was a high hurdles champion in the Pac-12. So this is an interesting guy, and I'm really glad um, he slipped to the Jets. And and the reason, and I guess the reporter mentioned it, 
was that he had a bad, either a groin or an ankle during the uh, combine, so he really couldn't run or anything. Right. But, but some uh, scouting services or draft services had him uh, pegged as like a late one or a second round pick. So I really liked that pick. I thought it was, uh, looking back on it, I, I thought it was one of the, the best picks they made. Um, I think, you know, to me, Becton was a no-brainer, but I've always felt like, you know, a, a top draft pick is never a guarantee, and and uh, he's got all the physical attributes, but I'm waiting to see him on the field if he can handle some of these uh, edge rushers and see if he, he's got the footwork. And I mean, he's got the size, but this guy, to me, the reason I like him is I think he can do so many different things. Davis, I'm talking about, can do right. so many different things back there. That I that's why I don't want him returning kicks. I want him making plays on defense where where we really need him. And he really could change our defense into something that's that's uh, you know. Yeah, he could, <laughs> and, and I, I think he kind of assuming that they sign. Jamal Adams, and that's a big assumption. I think he kind of seals the fate of Marcus May, but we'll have to see. All right, next player. I put Henry Anderson down, and I think he's in, but I might change that a year from now. What do you think? Is he going to be on the 2020 roster? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, he had uh, – he's – he had moments last year. He wasn't as good as the year before, but he wasn't horrible last year. And I think, I, I think he's the type that he'll he'll be like that. He's not always going to be like he was la the, the year before last. And then he's also, uh, I, th I think he's the type that'll have a good year and then you know might back off and and come back again the next year. He's just – he seems to have a motor that keeps going, and I, I just like his attitude. I think he's the kind of guy that will always have a place in a defense for uh, right. Williams. And I saw a stat. I, I, I keep repeating it and printing it. In 2018, he was double-teamed over 60% of the time. I just thought last year, the last seven, eight games, he kind of fell off the face of the earth. He just was not that effective. Next player uh, was – Kind of a one-year wonder who I loved. And then, unfortunately, Adam Gase made a mistake, and he left him in uh, on the field in a preseason game. And you and me both were shaking our heads. We were like, you know, we're like 800 miles apart. We couldn't believe it. Avery Williamson, is he in or out for this season? Unfortunately, I think he's out. Um, I love the guy, and, and I was extremely upset with Gase. But – I'll give Gase this much. He came out and took ownership of that and said that was on him and he, and it was his fault and he blew it and he shouldn't have done it, which I, I, you know, I respect that, but I feel bad because Avery Williamson is probably an odd man out now between the signing of, uh, was it Copeland? And well, uh, Copeland signed with, uh, with um, the Patriots, but they signed this guy from uh, I, his name escapes me from the Ravens yeah who one of their executives knew when he was there but yeah. besides that there's a guy that this guy Brasham is that how you pronounce his name 
the linebacker? Basham, I think. Basham. I, I thought the last four or five games, that guy was great. He was like all over the field and he had a couple of sacks. I mean, I, I don't know if he's a late bloomer or what, but I agree with you. I think Avery Williamson is out. Okay, and we have two more, Ray. Here's one. Um, Trenton Cannon and just like this Vincent Smith, who's supposed to be a speedster, this guy is like one of the low, slowest speedsters I ever saw. And I've been guilty over the years trying to find sleepers like in Division Two or Division Three colleges. And I, he went to Virginia State, and I was excited when they – picked him, but I think he's out. He just doesn't show me anything. It doesn't show me any football IQ on the field. Well, I think he's out because I just don't think he's performed. I don't think he's uh, – I mean, I think we can have Berrios return punts. I think we, uh, we got enough guys between signing Frank Gore and drafting Perrine. I think we've got – scat backs types we can use on the offense. So I don't know what part he would play. A real quick side note, Avery, Avery Williamson, I think, is, is out because of his salary, not because he may not be physically able to help. Agreed. Agreed. I think it's a salary cap. He's a cap casualty, as I say. A couple of more, like three more. Next one, um, actually, I'm going to leave him for the last. Um, here's one, Franklin Luvo, linebacker, who – actually had a a good rookie season, undrafted, I think, out of either Washington or Washington State. And last year, he kind of disappeared, too. I kind of think he's out. And the name I was thinking of was Terrell Basham. He was uh, very good. Basham. And there's another guy that looked – he was uh, pretty spunky, Harvey Lange. He was better than uh, Frankie Luvo, too. So I think Frankie Luvo was out. I think he's out, but I think it will uh, come down to, uh, well, see, again, I don't know, you know, so far nothing's definite or set as far as how spring training and all that and, and preseason will work. So I think if they had a normal preseason, I think he'd be a bubble guy who will, uh, you know, they're going to have to see how he performs and how he handles the spring training. But depending on how it goes, I think he's probably out. Uh, I think he's probably out anyway, but I think he's definitely out if they have a condensed uh, training camp and all that. But he might be the kind of guy that they keep around on the practice squad unless he, somebody picks him up. And and so you may not have heard the last of him. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, how about this uh, Nate Hairston defensive back who I would say last year there were a couple of games he looked pretty good, but on the whole – I didn't think he was that good at all. And he is, I think he's going to be out with, especially with the other defensive backs that they picked up. And um, I thought bless Austin last year, he showed some ability in a few games and everyone now talks about the fifth round pick uh, Bryce Hall, who's coming off an injury. So I think Nate Harrison, he won't be on the jets when the season starts. Well, I mean, if those guys are healthy, like, uh, between Bless Austin, um, you're always wondering if he's going to, you know, have another. He, he had more than one injury in college, so you, you hope he's gotten through that. And they aren't sure. We, nobody's sure yet if if uh, this kid out of Virginia's healed up 100% yet or not. So it might be something that he's on 
he's he might be on the team as a numbers game and and if guys aren't healthy but but if everybody's healthy no i don't think he stays especially if they do sign logan ryan i can't I, there's not gonna be yeah. a spot for him at all you know they with their last pick they traded to uh the colts again they got another defensive back and then they picked up this guy what's his name desire desire mm-hmm. another defensive back so i think it's going to be a numbers game all right the last one ray is um guard Brian Winters, who's scheduled to make between, I think, between $7.8 million and $8 million. Is he going to be back 2020? I don't know what to think. I know Chimini wrote that he thought he'd probably be back. I'd rather see him either renegotiate or cut him. I mean, I, I like the guy, but he's always injured. He's a big cap hit. And so if they can't renegotiate, he hasn't played a full season. I'm I'm not sure when the last time he played a full season, but he's barely, you know, able to make it through a whole season. And and that's a big cap hit. If they can renegotiate him, I'd be more comfortable with him keeping him than than keeping him. The the, the 7.5 or whatever he's make million, that's the amount of money you pay for like a starting guard. Yeah. And, Unless he's going to be a starter, I can't see them, you know, uh, keeping him at that price. And like you said, if he can, if they can renegotiate, like for three or four million, give him some depth, help with the Jets' offensive line, you know, transitioning. I'm all for it. I would keep him. Yeah. Uh, You know, he's 29 years old. He has been hurt a lot. I know. To me, I don't know, Ray. I could be wrong. It always seems like it's a shoulder or a core. Injury, one or the other. I'm not sure if it's the same injury or not, but I would take him back at three to four million dollars. Ray, we're going to wrap this up our first time back in a few years, but before we do, and I want to get back to Manish Mehta. He he listed interestingly the guaranteed money that these undrafted free agents are making. Now he also said they all sign. Uh, basic salary, like I think about $3 million. But the only thing that really matters is the guaranteed money. And interestingly, um, Memphis linebacker Bryce Huff, he had the largest guaranteed salary, which really isn't that big of a surprise because uh, Bryce Huff has put out staggering numbers as far as sacks and everything. He's undersized. Whether he could translate it in the NFL is another story. So looking at this list, Ray, it goes down from Bryce Huff, then it goes to Shyam Carter, surprisingly from Alabama, the defensive back slash safety. Then Jarrett Hilbers, the tackle. Then it goes to Sterling Johnson. Then wide receiver Lawrence Cager, he is guaranteed his first year 57500 then Javelin Guidry, then Lamar Jackson, the cornerback from Nebraska. And then surprisingly, I thought George Campbell, the wide receiver, would have been thought of uh, a little high, higher, but he's not. And his, his guarantee is 2500 But the I don't want to laugh at it, but, Ray, if you look at the bottom of the list, there's a defensive lineman from UNC Pembroke, Dominique Davis, where he's guaranteed $650. Ray, 
would you get on the field for $650? Well, let's put it this way, though. If you're going to UNC Pembroke, you aren't really expecting to play in the NFL. So I think if they offered him anything, he was ready to give it a shot. I, I think he knows he's a bit, the biggest flyer on the team. And But, hey, you know, that's just to go through camp, right? Yeah, just to go through camp. If he, if he makes the team – He's getting like what seven eight hundred thousand. Oh yeah, no no he'll get yeah so, he'll get the, the minimum. So I think he I think he just thinks, you know whatever it takes I'm I'm gonna take it and and run with it and do my best. Yeah now anything could happen but what the, they were talking about on another podcast they thought that Bryce Huff, uh, they think he's gonna make the squad. Shaheem Carter. They said they were surprised he got that much money, but apparently he has an incredible football IQ. He just doesn't have, like, the talent. So we'll see about him. They also thought the tackle, Jared Hilvers from Washington, is going to make the team. And then they skipped this guy, Sterling Johnson. They thought out of both receivers, they thought Lawrence Cager, the wide receiver from Georgia, who measures a 6'4 or 6'5, I believe he was a Miami transfer. They think he has a good chance of making the team. I'm kind of skeptical on him. Ray, to be honest with you, until they're on the field, you know, it's like throwing mud against the wall. Well, yeah, but we've talked before, and I, I've, I've told you numerous times that if there's one position where a guy can get on the team, I, I don't think there's a, any position bigger than – wide receiver where guys have gone undrafted and, and been very successful in the NFL and had long, good careers. And well, uh, Robbie Anderson is an example. Robbie Anderson. Uh, and yeah. uh, Wayne Quebec. Yeah. Uh, there was one that was on Washington and then, uh, and then the Colts and I'm, I'm blanking on his name now, but uh, he went to third division three school here in Ohio. And uh, yeah, and I, I'm blanking on his name, so. Well, but uh, you would know him. I mean, he was—he yeah. had some really good years. He's a star. Talking about Ohio, I mean, he was a quarterback and he was drafted. But Julian Edelman, he yeah. went to Kent State, and I don't yeah. know if he got drafted the fifth or sixth round. So you know, everybody's looking for the next Tom Brady. We'll have to see what happens. He didn't sign as many players as Mike McCagden did. Ray, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, for everyone out there, we're going to be doing these podcasts. We're starting right up, and um, we're going to make some really good changes. So until next time from Green Rewind, this is Marty Shupak and Ray Clifford.